You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. You are in the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Dr. Mike Karuchak. Thank you very much for spending time with us today. The Doctor's Lounge is broadcast on America's Web Radio every Thursday morning, 8 to 9, and is available by podcast the following week. We thank America's Web Radio for their continued support for the two years that we have been on the air. The Doctor's Lounge is also sponsored by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. We are a 501c3 uh, educational charitable organization. Your donations are much appreciated. Uh, please go to uh, www.d4pcfoundation.org and please give generously. No donation is too big or too small. We need your support to stay on the air and continue the educational mission. The Doctor-Patient Care Foundation believes in the empowerment and the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship. We believe the doctor and the patient are at their best and can make the best decisions in healthcare when the interference by third parties, be those hospitals, insurance companies, regulators, bureaucrats, legislators, is minimized. Uh, physicians do the best job that they can when they're not distracted. Uh, if you've ever noticed, you know, if you feel like one day when you see the doctor that your physician seems distracted by things, well, that's not his or her fault. We are distracted, and it's not good. Uh, we're distracted by our obligations, uh, by government regulations. Uh, we might be distracted because we're worried about what influence this patient will have on our quality performance score. Uh, this is all bad stuff, and it needs to go away, and uh, your support for the Doctor Patient Care Foundation will uh, help that happen. Uh, we are also sponsored by the Heartland Institute, and we cherish our and uh, value our new relationship with them. They have a monthly health policy newsletter called Healthcare News, and we encourage you to review that every month. Uh, and uh, between the Healthcare News and the Doctors Lounge, you too can stay well informed on issues regarding health policy and healthcare. Uh, today we have as our uh, a guest uh, Marion Mass. Uh, she is a, a graduate of Duke University Medical School, a place near and dear to my heart, uh, and trained at Northwestern University. She's been uh, practicing pediatrics for the past 19 years, uh, is a mother of three, uh, the wife of a surgeon and a community volunteer, as well as an advocate for a sustainable quality health system based on the patient-physician relationship. Marion is on the board of Physicians Working Together, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Marion, thanks so much for being with us on the show today. Oh, Mike, thank you so much for having me. I admire all the work you do with Docs for Patient Care Foundation. It's a phenomenal advocacy group for the practice of medicine. Well, thank you so much. So um, this, this group, Physicians Working Together, is really uh, growing fast. You have a lot of followers, and you, you have a, a wide geographic reach. So why don't you start off uh, talk, telling us the story of how this group came to be and, and uh, where you've come so far. Physicians Working Together started as a Facebook group, um, a closed Facebook group for physicians to start to exchange ideas. Um, you know, as, as you spoke of in the introduction of the show, physicians are distracted and we're frustrated. And the woman that started Physicians Working Together, Kimberly Jackson, is a physician in, from Columbus, Georgia, a family practitioner, um, who saw a need to have a, a social media site where physicians could have a safe place and start to talk about the problems 
that they saw in their profession. Um, our group is a year old. We turned, we celebrated our one year birthday. Happy birthday to us on June 9th. And we have almost four, thank you. We have almost 4,000 followers on Facebook, um, from just that single year, um, which we're very pleased and proud of. Um, we want to be an action group and we've, we've grown quickly and later I'll talk, tell you about some of the things that we've already accomplished and some things that we have um, going towards the future. But we are represented by almost every state in the union in, in uh, the United States, and we have some doctors who are practicing overseas. We come from across all um, specialties. Um, we come from many, many ethnic backgrounds, and I think what we've just discovered is that without physicians getting together and starting to reach out to their patients, we're not going to solve the healthcare crisis that we're in, and we're still in it. Make no mistake, we're still in a healthcare crisis. Absolutely. Well, it's. I think it's an interesting point that you make because a, a lot of the folks on the other side of this issue, uh, you know, will point to a movement like this and say, you know, there's just a bunch of aging white men uh, doing this. But you know, I think the diversity of your group uh, is is proof that that is is not the case, and that this is you know a movement of younger physicians of a diverse group. And uh, I think it's a, it's especially you know the way medical training goes nowadays. I think it's very important that groups like our group and your group and Benjamin Rush uh, are really demonstrating that, that, that this is something that is that is a, a, an evenly distributed sort of demographic uh, makeup. Well, yes, absolutely, and I think like it, you you brought up some of the other groups that are speaking out for physicians in a very positive way. Benjamin Rush, um, you know, Docs for Patient Care, Shout MD. There's a lot of groups out there, and one of the things that when physicians working together started, I wasn't an original member, I joined on and I started having a voice on the Facebook page and um, Dr. Jackson reached out to me one day in a message and said, you, you seem to have a lot of connections to other groups that are up to doing things, can you tell me more about them? And then she and I got speaking and then that's how I became um, incorporated and more involved and how what that grew into my being on the board of physicians working together. One of the most important things I think that we do is to bring those other groups together so that they all know what each other are up to and doing. And then because we're aware, we can spread that information to our community. And hopefully our members can look at those other groups and join one or become part of one or have that become part of how they're advocating for health care. So how is it, I mean, I, I'm curious, and again, for the folks listening, I, I, Marion's not prepared for this question, so I'm going to spring it on here a little bit, but how, what's the secret behind building 4,000 followers in a year? I mean, that is a, a truly remarkable number, and, it, and, and part of it is this... You know, the, the, the force behind the forces that drive social media, I think even the people who call themselves experts don't really understand exactly how and why and when it happens. And I certainly don't profess to know a thing about that. But I mean, any thoughts looking back over a year, how you get to 4,000 from zero? Well, I mean, I don't think I could understand or, or explain how it happens either. I do think that um, you need a couple of dynamic people who are willing to start 
talking about it with their friends. I think even even in a social media setting, you need to reach out to people to um, send personal messages to try to pull people in and to incorporate them because I think um, both Kimberly and I would voice that it, it, all of us have voices from within our group, and we want more we want more input from our members, and we love it when we see more people start to get involved and to speak out um, on our page. But you know, physicians as a rule, I mean, it's it's sometimes it can be hard to get them to participate. I mean, what about the physicians that you know face to face, partners in your practice, or whatever? I mean, it's I, historically I've had terrible luck with that sort of thing. I, I don't know if if you're doing any better than I am with that. No, I think all of us have had bad luck with that. Um, I think that what one of the nice things about a social media movement is you're pulling people in, and you're pulling them in in a safe place. So if they're on a Facebook page, they feel that they can, you know, I, I think comfortably speak out, um, that they're not necessarily showing up in front of a crowd. They're not, they're not showing up in their lawmaker's office. They're not showing True. up. You know, they're, they're doing it in, um, I'm not going to say the guise of anonymity. I can't say that word quite well. I apologize. Yeah, but I, I think that they're, they're reaching out and venting frustrations. And there's something about social media that I think draws people to do that. Because they feel like they've done something, they've said something, but maybe they've done it in a quiet way that they're not going to get in trouble. And I think physicians, by and large, we're just not rule breakers. It's really hard for oh, physicians yeah. to speak up and speak out. I, I think that's one of our Achilles heels with this whole movement is that, you know, we were raised and self-selected to be pleasers, right? We, we pleased our Absolutely. parents when we were little, our teachers, our college professors, our attendings in med school and residency. And then we came out prepared once again to try to please everybody around us. The problem is that everybody around us wasn't necessarily looking out for patients' best interest. And so, you know, we end up, you know, not being able to advocate as well as we'd like. But hopefully, you know, movements like this sort of, especially I think you spoke correctly of it with the social media, which is that uh, perhaps it allows individuals to sort of craft their message and organize it in their minds before they might take it to the next level. And they get a chance to read a lot before they actually speak. Sure. And then they're exchanging ideas. And, you know, physicians are busy. And when you're on a social media group, you're able to do that on your time. So you True. can pop in, you can see the comments that have um, have occurred, you can react to them, um, you can have an exchange, and, you know, you can do it in a brief period of time and in a safe environment. Um, but I do think it's interesting. I want to get back to what you said about, you're right, we're pleasing people, we're following those rules. But the problem is, is that the rules are not made by the patients and the doctors. So we're following the rules, we're pleasing the bureaucrats, but wow, shouldn't physicians be asking themselves, are we, are we pleasing the most important people out there, our patients? Absolutely. And I don't, I don't know what you find in your practice, but I find in my practice, patients are getting very frustrated and very tired. They know healthcare is still in, in crisis. Oh, it's, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's it's ironic that you know sometimes when you when you criticize some legislation or some program that's out there that there will be this sort of shell game substitution of uh, you know a disagreement regarding method for a disagreement regarding intentions, and it always makes me laugh if you hear well you know we don't care about the uninsured or the folks who can't afford care, and it's like well hello we care more than anybody else because to us their faces and their names and their you know individual stories faces and names and not just this 
ethereal concept in a in a, in a group think sort of uh, political paradigm and uh, you know it, it's and ho- hopefully as we begin to outgrow this you know please all the time sort of thing and realize that you know not everybody out there is looking out for patients um, you know that you know as time goes by we become a bit more of an effective voice. Amen. <laughs> Indeed. If I can say that on rare. Absolutely, on air. yes. Yeah. You, you, you can certainly say it here, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, okay, well, I tell you what, we've got about a minute left for the first segment. So maybe just give us a little bit of a teaser about some of the, uh, the things that you guys are working on um, that you sort of gave me in some advanced talking points here. You've got about a half a minute. Okay, so I'd like to talk about what we've done already. Um, we put together an exciting um, advocacy day for women in healthcare. I'll talk about that more when we come back. We uh, we changed National Doctors' Day and reformed it into a week, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that as well. And coming up in the fall, we have um, an exciting program that we're going to get some assistance from high schoolers who are interested in going into medicine because we see the future and we see the need to um, encourage young people to go into the um, into the field of medicine. And lastly, we have a very big plan for the fall to reach out to um, reach out to our patients and to let our patients know that we're on the same page with them. So does that give you enough of a teaser? That's perfect. Um, you All are listening right. to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio with special guest Marion Mass. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Karuchak. Thanks very much for spending time with us today on the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. With us today, very special guest, Marion Mass, a pediatrician and board member of a group called Physicians Working Together, which has just passed their first birthday uh, and uh, is growing in leaps and bounds. So, Marion, I'm going to pass the baton back to you and uh, you know, sort of talk about how the group is structured and the website and, and uh, fill in the teasers that we left at the end of the first Yes, absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, we started out primarily as a Facebook social media group, um, and that 
that group is for physicians. And it's kind of like a closed physician forum, a safe place for us to talk about our issues and for us to make us aware of, of them. Um, and we, we are a voluntary unincorporated membership group as well, working on a nonprofit arm, which will eventually be a 501c3 so that we can advocate um, in in public arenas with with that. Uh, we'd also like to have the clout of, of having an incorporated portion. Um, we have our one of our other big um, big events for the year was putting together our our web page. So we have our own page. Um, it is at oh I have to pull up the address. I'll grab that in a moment. Crazy me. Um, but our page is not just for physicians, it's also for patients. And you can find us at physiciansworkingtogether.org. Um, but what we're hoping to do on that page for both physicians and patients is to start to formulate. We're a group, as I said, that we're very new, we're evolving. We'd like to start to formulate how people who are interested in getting involved in healthcare can do so. So almost like we're forming like a, a template. Um, what we envision is if you would go onto our website, you know, do you want to get involved in Project X? You know, right now in, in medicine, a lot of us are upset about um, MOC and MOC reform. It's a hot topic among physicians. Yeah, that would be um, maintenance of certification is, is uh, what you're talking about by MOC. Yes. So uh, maintenance of certification, we would have our own tab for that and explain as a physician how to get involved uh, how to get involved if you only had a small chunk of time, how to get involved if you had a larger chunk of time, and introduce groups that were already um, in existence to advocate for that particular issue. And we'd like to do that across a range of issues. So eventually we'd like to be the kind of site that people can go to when they know they want to get involved, but, you know, all of us are short on time. Um, positions are no exception. And... I think to have something that's organized and set up so that they they can, especially the younger physicians that are new in the game and asking themselves, you know, I see that medicine is broken and I'd like to do something, but what can I do? So So that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, do you – so interesting that you brought up that, you know, you've got the safe space for physicians, but you've got the website, which is for everyone. So, uh, Marion, do you recruit your own patients with any sort of spiel when you're talking to them? You're talking to, you know, kids and parents, of course, but, I mean, do you do you give them something printed? I mean, how do you bring – do you bring patients into the discussion while you're seeing their children, or how does that all work for you? Oh, yes. Well, um, I run our practices – Facebook page, um, and I run our practices web page as well. So I mostly do it from the Facebook page. So occasionally when Physicians Working Together is in the middle of one of our social media campaigns where we're, we're reaching out to our communities and our patients, um, I'll put something informative up there about our group and encourage people to join. And, you know, other members do do the same. And that's actually, like, a really great way for us to start to reach out to our patients. Like, I don't know, do you find this? Do you find that doctors have a hard time talking to their patients about advocacy? I think they, they almost feel like they, that they'll look as though they're complaining if they reveal that they're advocating for a better medical system. 
Uh, agreed. Uh, you know, even I've been, I have to confess, a little bit timid about it. I mean, I'll, I've got some literature up about this show, The Doctor's Lounge, in all of my exam rooms. And many patients will ask, uh, or it'll sort of come up in conversation. You know, what I have yet to do, which is what kind of inspired the question to you, is to come up with sort of a, a, a printed message or something that we can hand them while they're waiting for me to get to the exam room um, that sort of really lays the whole thing out and says, here's what we're doing and why, and ask them to at least give their time to listen to stuff like this or maybe some support beyond that. But, you know, I've always sort of hesitated when the moment came to say, okay, I'm going to write something because I'm not exactly sure how to compose it, which is why I was a little bit curious to see if you guys had already sort of, you know, traversed that chasm. Well, when we did, um, this might be a good time to bring this up. Uh, so we've had, a, we've had two separate events so far, three if you count our anniversary, but during those event periods we try to have a lot of social media presence and encourage our members to reach out to on their own personal Facebook pages. Um, and what we do on those on during those times is try to uh, try to offer up either stories, um, blogs, or videos. Um, so we've made two videos. We actually have our own YouTube channel that's new as well, and um, we. We're hoping to put something out there that's a positive message so that it's something that patients aren't afraid to look at. And I think a lot of people that are on social media want social media to be a, a positive, happy place that they go to. So we're, we're trying to do this without, without what you usually hear from physicians is that medicine is broken. It's a terrible place to be. I think that it, among our board and among many of our members, we love being physicians. We love our patients. We love the actual act of doctoring and caring for our patients. And that's the message that we're trying to send out. So um, I don't personally do anything written in my office. Others may. Um, what we try to do is to share among our social media personal communities and among our social media practice communities with our patients um, and then our websites um, the positive message that we're trying to bring patients into this because they're really the biggest part of the discussion. You know, I always say that healthcare has become an inverted pyramid. You know, right now the lobbyists feed the politicians who feed the bureaucrats, who feed the healthcare administrators, who feed us, and then the patients are there at the bottom of the barrel and they're the ones suffering the most. It really should be the opposite. It's oh, sort of like absolutely. our government. You know, we're a government of the people, by the people, for the people. The patients are the most crucial part in the whole in, in the whole pyramid, and yet they're sort of sitting on the bottom of the pyramid and not really having any say. And the physicians are the next most important cog in the wheel. And you know, quite frankly, really, everyone else they kind of need to get out of the way. It would be nice. I mean, and that's and that needs to be the educational message that we we take forward is that healthcare is supposed to be bottom up, not top down. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting. You know, your your remarks about you know trying to about that it is really a joyful profession if we could just get all of these distractions out of the way, and you know you forget that until things happen. You know, this this summer I've got a um, a pre med student who's following me around, uh, and our families know each other and everything. But you know, once you remember, you've got somebody there that you can 
teach stuff to and you kind of remember all the stuff that you take for granted that uh, you know is really pretty cool and you see the sort of the wonder in their eyes when they see all this stuff for the first time and um, you know the stuff that you forget after you've been at it for what like 20 years you know each of us roughly so um, yeah definitely some some very uh, you know appropriate remarks regarding uh, that, that this really is a joy what we do it, it's just that you know there's so many distractions and so many things in this you know top down paradigm we have right now that, that takes away from that but um, why don't you, uh, I guess this would be a good time to move on to some of these other things that you guys are, are talking about. You've got a Physician's Week, and you've got your anniversary thing, and you've got this uh, uh, the uh, the Physician Town Hall paradigm. So uh, maybe go into that or anywhere you want. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our first big event was with uh, there's another there's another Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook group that we partnered with um, for. National Women Physicians Day, which was February 3rd, um, Elizabeth Blackwell's birthday. Um, you know, nothing against men physicians. We're no, no. <laughs> I'm married to none, one. None taken, absolutely. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sister of one, um, but we partnered with Physician Moms Group. They are actually an even larger group, um, nearly 60,000 women physicians uh, on a Facebook group. And it's that's more of a support group. But um, I think one of the things to have National Women's Physician Day was um, to have the support of of other women that are out there has been so intrinsic to um, many women physicians that that get onto that site and if they have a problem or a question or an issue, again a, a place a safe place to share. Um, physicians working together put together and instead of National Doctors Day, uh, which happens in March, we changed it to. Um, National Physicians Week, and that was a week during which every day we um, we either put up a a blog that one of us had written. Um, I I had mine that actually ended up getting published in Kevin MD as well, um, talking about some of the issues in healthcare. Um, we tried to uh, post videos of ourselves and what we loved about being in the healthcare profession, what we loved about being doctors. Uh, and we tried to put a real positive spin on um, medicine as a profession during National Physicians Week. Um, and those two events we'd like to happen yearly as well as our other events. Um, and we did have our anniversary week, and we're, we're just trying to use that to promote ourselves, to get people involved and on board and engaged. And um, in the fall, we, we found a group of uh, high school students who are interested in, in medicine. Um, they would like to partner with us um, and do a Docs Back to School Day, um, during which we're encouraging physicians to get into their community schools to talk about, you know, what's great about being a physician, just as you mentioned. Um, you know, you have a young person who's coming in and, and to see that light in their eyes, and it really refreshes your own career. Um, when you do that, so um, it, so that's some of what's coming up. But the really uh, big event that we would like to do is going to happen in October. Um, I'm putting together a template right now with a um, another local physician in my area, Mark Lopatin. Um, he happens to be on our state uh, medical society board, um, and we are planning a healthcare town hall during which we have a panel of physicians and patients. We'd like to share stories with, from that panel. We'll pre-screen the stories, of course, but there'll be stories about how there's still problems in our system, and we'd like to start an open and frank discussion with an audience that can include patients and physicians 
Um, and what we'd like to start to explain to the public in general is that we're here for you. And we recognize that healthcare is broken as well. And a lot of the same frustrations that are frustrating our patients are frustrating us as well. I think that our patients, um, they're paying higher premiums. They're paying higher uh, deductibles. Everything is more expensive from their their co-pays, their, uh, their pharmacy co-pays. Healthcare has become very expensive, and they've watched their doctor have less and less time to spend with them. So they're paying more and getting less. And I think when, when, they, when they get frustrated with that, they blame the face that they see and we're the face that they see. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, no, so true. They they assume that all of this stuff is coming from us unless we educate otherwise. Uh, Mary, we're at the end of the segment, so I'm going to close this. We'll pick up uh, at the next segment. You are listening to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare. And learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Uh, this is your host, Dr. Mike Karuchak. Thanks very much uh, for staying with us. We have very special guest, Marion Mass, uh, pediatrician and board member of an up-and-coming group just celebrating their first birthday called Physicians Working Together. So, uh, Marion, we were sort of talking about this, this town hall format, and, and maybe this is a, a template for a lot of future work. So go ahead and tell us your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think this is, this is one of our most exciting projects. And as I mentioned, um, the major uh, projects that we have, we'd like to become yearly events. So we'd like National Women's Physician Day to be a yearly media blitz talking about the accomplishments of women in medicine. And, and we'd like to talk about the National Physicians Week. We'd like that to become a yearly event and become bigger every year. Um, and the same with um, 
our healthcare town halls that we'd like to put together for October. Make no mistake, um, this is this is something that we talked about. Well, it's a big big event. Maybe we should wait till next year. But this is an election year. I don't want to talk about politics per se, and the event is not going to be a partisan event. But what we like to do is to start to reach out to our patients and let them know we're on the same side. Um, we've, we are considering inviting lawmakers or prospective lawmakers to the event, not so that they can present, but so they can listen and so that they can understand that patients are very frustrated and physicians are very frustrated. Um, I, I don't know how you view it, Mike, but it seems to me that very often the government and organized medicine and the powers that be that control medicine, the bureaucrats, the insurance companies, it almost feels to me as though they're splitting us from our patients. I feel as a physician as though blame is assigned for all the bad parts of medicine on the doctor when sometimes some of what's happening in medicine, you know, the outrageous cost of it, um, the constantly decreasing time that a physician has with their patient. Um, I'll give as a, a simple example. You know, all physicians who are listening certainly get this. It was mandated by us in the 2009 stimulus bill that physicians' practices and hospitals have an electronic health record. And I think that, more than no other mandate, really took physicians' time away from their patients. I'm not saying that computers and medicine are unmixable, um, but I think that to mandate that upon us before we were ready for it, was a problem, and it it caused a, a rift in the patient-physician relationship because now we're staring at screens and we're checking boxes and we're doing something less human. But patients don't understand. I think that they think that we asked for that, and we didn't. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And that's, you know, on the information technology thing, is, as folks who are kind enough to listen to me regularly, that's a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, and, yes, I totally agree. I think that, you know, this... The health information technology is a wonderful idea, a wonderful concept that has been ruined uh, for the time being and the foreseeable future because of the government intervention. And it's clear that they were using this as a Trojan horse uh, to gain more control because, you know, who can be against technology, right? It's, it's revolutionized, you know, the airline industry and our grocery stores and our banks and, and everything else. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is these products weren't ready for prime time when they were forced on us. They're still not ready for prime time now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how to chart a path between where we are with information technology and where we need to be. But uh, I, I think the point you made is one of the most important ones. And, and it circles back to something that you said earlier, which is that everything that a patient experiences as part of their health care, even the stuff that's obviously separate from the doc, like if they go and have surgery at the hospital and there's so many other people touching them besides the surgeon, that they all assign that experience to the surgeon or to the physician. And, and that's got to be a part of the message is that, you know, so much of what a patient has to experience in health care, the docs did not create. And uh, that's, that's got to be a part of the message. And I'm really glad you brought that up. Sure. And, I, you know, I guess I'll, I'll take the hit for the profession and say, you know, we stepped back and we allowed others to make decisions for us. But it's time to draw a line in the sand and to say enough is enough. This is, this is a profession that we should be having, us and our patients, together. And, you know, that's why it's physicians working together. 
I guess we could have made it physicians working together with patients, but it's really, uh, it was the title is getting kind of long. Yeah, um, and that's that's getting back to the fall. What we'd like to do in October, um, we are we are putting together a template, and you know, any physicians who are listening. Um, find us at uh, on Physicians Working Together on Facebook or the PWT.org. Um, I'm sure, Mike, you have a place where people can uh, send a message or, or an email into the show. Yes. Um, I'd be happy to share even more information. But for physicians listening, we'd love you to, when we put our template out on our, on our Facebook page, we'd love other physicians to grab that and do what we're doing and start to set up venues so that, you're reaching out to your patients, you're gathering their stories, you're putting together a forum. It can be whatever format you like, really. Um, we'll make our suggestions. But this is a maneuver that we are, we're reaching out to the patients and trying to pull them in and saying, we can't do this alone. We, we need your help. Um, and let's. This would be a good time. Let's just spell that out for everybody, so they can go to Facebook and search "physicians working together." And and I just did that before we went on the air, and that works. Um, you can find the page there, or you said the web page was www.physiciansworkingtogether. Just those three words with no spaces. Dot com or dot org or which was it? It is the PW physiciansworkingtogether.org. Physicians work, so there's no abbreviations in there, right? It's the word physiciansworkingtogether.org is where to find yep. a link where uh, where folks can can get this template that you're talking about, um, so that we can do you know physician slash patient sort of town hall meetings to sort of bring everyone together. Exactly. We we don't have something up yet, but coming soon. Okay. So, and we, we hope you'll share that and spread our word as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it, it needn't be complicated. It's not as though you have to be a healthcare policy expert. I'm not going to try to snow you. I still feel like I learn everything. I, I learn so much daily about what's going on in healthcare. It is a big, giant Rube Goldberg machine that is so oh, yes. convoluted that it's, it's like so difficult to unwind. So I don't think any of us, I think there's a lot of people that know a lot. I know you know a lot. I know Docs for Patient Care Foundation certainly does. But um, I think that all of us together have to start somewhere. So I think starting to enlist to hear from patients what they see as issues and what they see as problems and letting them know that we're there to help. As physicians, you know, it, we, need to, we need to help diagnose and we need to help cure. So we need to help prescribe, and that applies to our profession. Um, I think we let it go. We relinquished control to our government. We ceded it to bureaucrats. We ceded it to insurance companies. And I think we've hit a breaking point where I I don't think we have a viable, quality, sustainable future for the medical profession unless something changes and changes very quickly. Agreed. And and, and I also think you articulated well that, you know, a, a piece of the blame does go to us docs because going back decades, uh, you know, we relinquished control of our hospitals and said, all I want to do is take care of patients. And so we hired other people to manage the hospitals for us. And so, you know, that mistake has sort of propagated. And I think what, what you finally have to realize is that the, the patient advocacy role that we are dedicated to uphold doesn't stop, doesn't end at the exam room or the operating room or the clinic that, you know, you have to take a macro approach and you have to put time and effort and blood and sweat and tears into, you know, work at the macro level, um, as well as one patient at a time wherever you're seeing people. Right. Absolutely. And you know what, like for, for some, I, I understand, you know, 
everyone's busy. I say that all the time. Um, you know, you mentioned in my introduction, I'm a community volunteer. I guess my approach is a little bit based on that. You know, when my kids were little, I, I did hospital work, and um, I stayed up a lot of nights, but then I just refused not to be involved in their lives. So I got involved in my community, and I got involved in their school, and um, I remain involved there. But I do the, I do what I can, because all of us need volunteers, and all of us need to step up and speak up for our communities, our professions. I mean, we're, we're not the only profession that's having issues or having problems, but ours touches almost everyone's lives because everyone has to see the doctor. Well, it, it touches everyone, and obviously the stakes are higher. I mean, it's, sure. you know, if, if a computer makes a mistake in your bank balance, you know, that's not a good thing, obviously, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't have the potential to cost someone life or limb, uh, you know, the way a similar mistake in an electronic medical record system does. Um, but, you know, swinging this around from another angle, I mean, all these other folks that I call competitive stakeholders in healthcare, the hospitals, the health insurance plans, the bureaucrats, the legislators, you know, all claim to be doing this for the good of patients. Even this maintenance of certification thing, which, you know, we'll explain briefly because we talked about it a little earlier, which is this idea that, you know, the continuing medical education program that's already in place where we have to do so many hours of continuing education per year, which nobody objects to, uh, is not enough and that we have to pay parent organizations thousands of dollars to take tests every so often to prove that we haven't lost our brain function over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of neat stuff that's going on here lately, even with the AMA, we don't have really time to go into it. But, um, but especially on the maintenance of certification front, all of this stuff that groups like yours and mine are doing are starting to turn the tide on that particular issue uh, and it does prove that at some level we can succeed um, we just have to have more time and more patience uh, and I mean that with not patience you see but patience is a virtue um, that, uh, that that things will change uh, but you can't expect to just uh, you know make one trip to Washington one weekend or write one blog and expect that um, it's going to happen but so many of these folks pretend to be representing patients when, in fact, they have their own interests behind the curtain. Right, absolutely. And and you're right. It does require the virtue of patients because, as I mentioned, it's a big Rube Goldberg machine. Medicine and healthcare in America has become so convoluted and so complicated that trying to unravel it and figure out is it can't be it can't be a hundred-person job. It can't be a thousand-person job. We really need a lot of help from physicians around the country to start to try to understand what's happening. Not everyone's going to be able to be involved at a heavy level all the time. But you know, I say to people who do have a little bit more time, you know, could you give an hour a week? Could you give two hours a week? Could you at least get involved and start to pay attention? Could you come to a town? town hall, even if you can't help run it or put it together? Or could you make a call? Could you spread an email? Could you share a message? There's not. There's, there's lots of little things that people could do, um, because you know. Ask yourself, how are you going to feel 20 years from now? You're going to be able to look in the mirror and say, "Wow, I did the best thing I could for my profession and my future." A lot of us have kids. A lot of us have grandkids. Some of them want to go into medicine. I have two that have expressed an interest. I can't leave it like this for them. What do you tell them? I mean, do, do you say, hey, do this, it's great, or, you know, don't do this? I mean, that's kind of the $100,000 question, isn't it? It sure is. I tell them I hope it's going to be a better place. I don't, I don't discourage them. 
I try to tell them the good parts about being a physician. Um, we share stories with them. Um, and, you know, we just, we kind of hope that they're going to have some type of guidance that, that will push them in, in one direction or another. And I think time will tell. But I, I don't want them to become cynical and sour in their teenagers. Indeed. It's, so. And uh, we're at the end of uh, segment three. You are listening to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Karuchek. We got our music intro working again after weird stuff happened in the third segment, but we got it all figured out. But uh, uh, we're here with special guest, Dr. Marion Mass, a pediatrician from Eastern Pennsylvania, who is the board member of a rapidly growing group called Physicians Working Together. Um, and, And during the break, we were just kind of talking about how uh, docs are finding their own voice, and they're finding each other, and they're refining the message. Um, and uh, when you really sit down and write them all down, there sure is a large number of groups uh, and and probably tens of thousands of doctors represented here um, that are rapidly coming together. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. In fact, on um, the PWT.org, on our website, it's a public website, uh, for physicians working together, we have a page called The Lounge. And on The Lounge, um, we have links and connections and a little explanation about each of the groups that um, we're familiar with and that we know people on and that we trust. Um, and I'll explain another way in which we've connected those groups. But um, in addition to um, your Doctor Patient Care Foundation, um, we showcase Let My Doctor Practice, um, a wonderful group uh, that started with four physicians that trained together in medical school, um, and they put together a summit that started uh, that started discussing some of the frustrations that physicians feel. And I think that summit is just such a, a great resource for us all. They had some amazing speakers. Um, the Benjamin Rush Institute, which is a, a wonderful uh, nonprofit organization that seeks to get into medical schools and start to educate the medical students on on healthcare and healthcare reform and to get them involved early, which is something that we really um, connect with being a social media group. You know, we're hoping to pull in those younger physicians in our group. Um, the National Board of Physicians and Surgeons, the alternate board, 
um, that's out there to potentially take the place if people don't want to practice the MOC that we've talked about on the show. Um, Association of Independent Doctors, it's a group out of Florida that is um, looking to promote physicians that don't want to necessarily become a big part of a big hospital group or um, or have to be bought out by their hospitals. Um, the Free Market Medical Association associated with uh, Keith Smith and the Oklahoma Surgery Center in Oklahoma, um, the Free Market Medical Association is pushing for the choice of real free market medicine. Um, I think it's very interesting. Another segue, you could do a whole show about it, but I think most people say that, um, or, or many people are misinformed by the thought that they think that we have free market medicine. We haven't had free market medicine since the 1950s. Oh, absolutely. We have a, for the most part, we have a, a system that's that's government run and you know partially socialized. Um, well, with fixed but, prices, right? I mean, free market you know needs to allow floating prices. We don't have any floating prices anymore, unless you count right. cosmetic surgery or LASIK surgery or something right. like that. Right. You know, I would never presume to say that the free market is the only way, but I think that um, in general, we don't have to have the whole discussion about it. I think there should be a free market choice in healthcare because, you know, we're never going to find out what really works unless we, we line that up against everything else that's happening out there. Well, the um, problem is nobody knows what anything costs, Right. Right, transparency. And I don't mind, and, and you tell me what you think, but you know, I don't mind competing with my colleagues across the street and, and saying, look, here's what I charge, here's what they charge. You know, If I'm more, I have to justify it. If I'm less, they have to justify it. I mean, I'm totally fine with that, even though if it happened tomorrow, I'd probably be a little scared. You know? Yeah. Well, absolutely. There's a little uncertainty there, and we would all have to feel ourselves out in, in the healthcare world for that. But yes, so all of these groups together, I think most of them are advocating for more choices for patients. And I think, you know, not every system is going to work for every patient. Some patients are going to prefer to, to keep a government option and to be taken care of by an entity. Um, and other patients are going to really appreciate being more in charge of their own health care. But all of these groups that we've discussed, Benjamin Rush, Free Market Medical Association, Aid for Independent Doctors, um, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, um, Independent Physicians for Patient Independence, um, the Your Doctor Patient Care Foundation, uh, CERMO, a great place for doctors to go, um, a doctor's lounge that's been in existence for a while that physicians can visit and exchange ideas. Um, and Shout MD, um, it's actually a closed group that you can uh, try to become a part of, um, a closed forum for medicine, um, especially those in the subspecialties. Um, but they're going to, I think, be looking to expanding into primary care in the future. All of these groups. Uh, has recognized for a long time that healthcare is broken, and they already have a foothold into the reform movement. Um, so one of the other things that I think that we've done that's been great with physicians working together is we started hosting um, phone conferences and taking leaders from among all of these groups that I mentioned um, and having just hour-long brief phone conferences where we can get together and talk about what we're up to um, introduce ourselves to each other and start to collaborate. Um, as as Kimberly Jackson, the founder and the head of Physicians Working Together, likes to say, we should be working smarter, not harder. 
and we're working smarter if we're collaborating and each other are helping to do the lifting. Well, um, and, and you might say, you know, with all this stuff going on, well, great, but, you know, what's, what's something tangible that you've accomplished? And, and during the break, we researched that because, uh, you know, we have a rule out there, uh, one of the biggest uh, proposed sets of regulations to affect health care since Obamacare was passed. Um, it's a regulation that comes from CMS, the Medicare people, and it's called either MACRA or MIPS, depending on the name you prefer. But this rule is in a currently a public commentary period, which ends next week. And typically those comment periods are not given a lot of attention. Uh, They're probably only taken advantage of by industry insiders. Um, But since you were kind enough to do the research, I'll let you give the numbers. What's what's going on now with this particular rule? Well, it's in that open comment period. I don't know how many comments that the government usually receives when they put a proposed rule up, but there's over a 1,000 now. And... Most of those groups that I've mentioned, um, I've done some postings myself on some of them, on, on ShoutMD, on physicians working together. Um, we've, there's been a big push for members to post their comments. You know, we were talking earlier and saying that in a closed forum um, on social media or in a closed forum like CERMO, physicians aren't afraid to speak up and say what they think. Um, and as I, I think you mentioned, it gives you a place to practice so that you feel like you can get out there and say something. But when you're going to a, a government website, you know, you're putting your comment out there to the government. I think people would be a little bit a little bit more adverse to doing that or feel a little bit more anxious or nervous about doing so. Um, I put a comment up. I know, I know several people who did, and I know people that, um, from within physicians working together, felt empowered to do so just by, by seeing the fact that others from within our group were doing so. Um, so I, I think I think we have started to get physicians to speak out, and I hope anyone in earshot uh, who wants to before Monday, which is the 27th, I believe, yes. um, finds time to learn a little bit about the MACRA rule and to think about how it will affect the future of medicine, because there's going to be some some big effects from that rule. I think even more so than the ACA. I think MACRA has the potential to affect how medicine is practiced by physicians more than the ACA. I think the ACA was a rule that, yeah, yeah, that um, there's been a lot of press about it, but MACRA has been kind of quiet. And I think when you, if you try to read the bill, you'll discover why, because (laughs) (laughs) we've just doubled the Rube Goldberg machine. It's way more complicated and convoluted now. Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's, the irony is that they, they bill it as a simplification uh, of the regulations, which I, I see why they say that. If you challenge them directly, they would say, look, we're gathering three or four programs and we're rolling them all up into one regulation. So they would tell you that it's replacing things rather than adding to the whole. Uh, but the problem is it, it does both. And so, you know, you have this Trojan horse that, uh, of effect that says, oh, yeah, we're simplifying. You don't have as many, you know, quality measures to report on, and we've made EMR easier from a certain point of view. Um, but, again, all you have to do is read it and realize that, you know, the additions dwarf the simplifications and that in the end, yes, things are going to be far worse um, rather than better. There's no question about it. But there's no doubt, Marion, and I think we agree here, <clears throat> that uh, the CMS knows who we are now. 
Um, we've had some in-person meetings with folks that you and I know, and I've been up there to meet with Andy Slavitt's team. And, of course, a couple of weeks ago I had him here behind the microphone. So um, things are happening, no doubt about it. Right, and I, I hope other physicians realize that by, you know, your your doctor patient care foundation group speaking up and making those connections, like, I kind of feel like a little overwhelmed. You know, the head of CMS was on your radio show a couple of weeks ago, and now you got me. <laughs> well, but, but see, there's an important message there, which is that you know, yeah, we we have somebody, yeah, that's you know at the at the at the top of the pyramid from one particular point of view, but but the real success lies in what folks like you and I are doing. I mean, that that it, it's really more about you know, doctor town halls and national physician weeks and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's nice to have the stuff going on at the top and it's, it's more just kind of a, of a, of a psychological sort of boost to sort of realize that, that we have their ear at least a little. Um, but in the end, you know, if, if I had to bet, you know, which end of the spectrum was going to actually get more work done, you know, I would probably you know, have more guests like you and fewer guests like him if I was really going to talk to the movers and shakers, to be honest. Well, I, I hope so. I just hope that um, the people in the government listen to some of the comments. I, I've read through the comments that you that we've referenced, the fact that there's a thousand on there, and I haven't seen very many that were positive that were discussing this as like, wow, you know, Makra, it looks like it's going to be great for the future of medicine. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, and I think that, you know, as, as you referenced, this is going to make things more complicated. They say less so, but the government seems to always think that they're, solution, that they're the solution. Maybe they should start thinking that they're part of the problem. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've admitted my part of the problem, that physicians haven't been engaged and haven't, haven't spoken up. And I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to have physicians speak up more. I'm trying to encourage them to do so. And, and um, our group, Physicians Working Together, we'd like to engage more and empower them with knowledge to, to make them understand that what they have is so important to say. So, you know, I, I hope they do so because um, because it's it's the future of a beautiful profession. And we'd as physicians working together, we'd like for physicians to understand they have they have great power. Um, and it's power that comes from having their ear of the patient, and I think that they need to start speaking to the patients, start getting into the communities, recognizing the problems that are in medicine, and understanding that they can be part of the solution. Well, it takes many, many years to turn the Titanic, but you know maybe we've we've changed course at least a couple of degrees. Um, we're at the end of the segment and the end of the hour. You have been listening to the Doctors Lounge on America's Web Radio with special guest Dr. Marion Mass. Thanks for, for spending time with us. You're listening to America's Web Radio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 